Welcome to Art of the Kickstart, your source for crowdfunding campaign success. I'm your host, Roy Morjan, president of Inventus Partners, the top full-service turnkey product development and crowdfunding marketing agency in the world. We have helped startups raise over $100 million for our clients since 2010. Each week, I'll interview a crowdfunding success story, an inspirational entrepreneur, or a business expert in order to help you take your startup to the next level with crowdfunding. Art of the Kickstart is honored to be sponsored by Backerkit and The Gadget Flow. Backerkit makes software that crowdfunding project creators use to survey backers, organize data, and manage orders for fulfillment by automating your operations and helping you print and ship faster. The Gadget Flow is a product discovery platform that helps you discover, save, and buy awesome products. It is the ultimate buyer's guide for luxury gadgets and creative gifts. Now let's get on with the show. Welcome to another edition of Art of the Kickstart. Today I am joined with Mindy Zemrak, the supervising casting producer at Shark Tank. Mindy, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. So, Mindy, I am super stoked to have you on the show. I know all of our guests are going to be super excited as well. You're now going on your 11th season with Shark Tank. You know, I remember back uh, in early August of 2009 when the first episode aired of Shark Tank. And obviously, it's spurned on hundreds and hundreds of entrepreneurs around the world and in the United States. So, to begin with, can you tell our listeners a little bit more about your background and what you do for Shark Tank? Absolutely. So I've been on the show since season one. (laughs) I have done a bunch of shows for MGM and Mark Burnett. And so when Shark Tank started, no one knew it at all. Uh, We had to start, you know, finding businesses and companies, you know, when not everything had social followings at that point and no one knew who the show was. And even into like probably season two or three, we were kind of the quiet little show no one knew about. And then eventually season four is kind of when we picked up speed and really started hauling and getting in front of people's eyes and viewers and and the entrepreneur kind of making entrepreneurship more mainstream in a sense. And I've been part of it. So what my job is, is I'm head of casting. So the casting team that we have uh, is really great. And we travel around the country doing open calls um, in different cities where entrepreneurs can come and pitch us in person. But if they are not able to make it to an open call, we we also take online submissions. So no one should freak out if they don't make an open call. It's still level playing field. Every single email is reviewed. If they apply online, they send a little bit of information to us. And if it's something that the producers are interested in, we call them with more information. And then there's many rounds to get through. It is not an easy task to get onto Shark Tank. I think we have anywhere from like 25 to 30,000 people apply each year. So it, it's it's a lot of work, but it's great. So I'm very happy and really lucky to be part of this for as many seasons as it's gone on. So 25 to 30,000 applications a year. That's pretty crazy. So When you look at that and when you do your vetting process, let's say, of taking them through the different stages, what kind of entrepreneurs, products, or companies are a good fit for Shark Tank? That's a great question. I get asked that every year. (laughs) You know, we obviously, our show has evolved since season one. And anyone who has seen the show since season one, or even the early seasons two, three, four, we've changed, obviously. And I would say that for us, it's kind of 50-50. It's 50% about the entrepreneur and their backstory and 50% about their business or product. So we're looking for entrepreneurs who are hungry, passionate, need an investment to get to the next step, whatever that next step is. 
the great thing about Shark Tank um, and our sharks is that we take companies from across the board. So you've seen companies on the show that come in and have maybe only a working prototype and they have no sales or maybe they have a working prototype and they've done like a Kickstarter or an Indiegogo or some sort of crowdfunding campaign and they still need investment to get manufacturing done or they need distribution. And then we have companies who have done millions of dollars in sales and then we have everyone in between. So that's the great thing about Shark Tank. So it doesn't really matter what stage you're at. It just matters if you need an investment and then your backstory comes into play. Again, if you've seen the show Every entrepreneur has a story. The sharks do also. They All the sharks are self-made millionaires and billionaires. They had to work their butts off to get where they are. So they get it. So a lot of times they'll say, you know, how did you get come up with this? Or what have you had to give up to do this? And we've heard everything from, you know, I gave up my home. I took a second mortgage out. I depleted my kid's college fund, my 401k. I moved in with my family. Everything, you know, comes up and and it resonates with the sharks because they've been there. They've they've had all of their different adversities that they've had to face. So when it comes down to it in terms of the casting process, if I could pin it down to a couple like bullet points, it's, you know, you want to be hungry and you want to be passionate and you want to be excited and know your numbers. If you're not excited about what you're pitching, no one else is going to get excited. And you really want to be able to pinpoint your numbers because obviously that's one of the first things that the sharks ask. And then the other thing is that we're always looking for people who can kind of really pinpoint what makes them different and unique from XYZ competitors, if there are any. That would be kind of my quick laundry list of things that would help people stand out. So you mentioned that you have four open casting calls coming up. Whereabouts are those going to be? We do. So we will be in Las Vegas uh, next week on Friday, January 11th at CES. Everyone should know that they do not have to have a pass to go to CES to come to our open call. Our open call is open to the public. We'll have one in Dallas at the Small Business Expo on February 6th. We will have one in Miami, Florida, also with the Small Business Expo on February 13th. And we will have one just outside of LA at the Morongo Resort on March 14th. And then there's more open calls in more cities that are being planned. I just haven't announced them yet, but we will be heading to the East Coast and also probably the Northwest and maybe a couple uh, you know, landlocked states, if you will, in between. Nice. So let's talk a little bit about the casting process. How does it work and what happens at a casting call? Great question. So at a casting call, you can go to entrepreneurs should go to abc.com and they can download the short application. If they show up to an open call without an application, it's fine. We'll get them one in person. Be prepared to stand in line. A lot of people have a tendency to get there the night before. You do not need to line up the night before. You don't have to camp out. If it's cold or rainy, go home and get some sleep and, and stay warm. We usually hand out wristbands uh, the morning of usually around 9 a.m. We hand out one wristband per pitch, not per person. So if there's three people for a pitch, they get one wristband. Uh, We hand out wristbands until about usually 11 a.m. And then interviews will start around 10 a.m. Now, all of the numbered, all of the wristbands are numbered. So we'll bring in a a group of people, uh, the first group. It could be the first 50 numbers. It could be the first 100. It just depends on how much space we're dealing with inside the venue. But for for CES, we'll bring in the first 100 wristbands because I know that space. They will sit down and then I tell everyone uh, in groups 101 to 200, come back in two hours, go grab lunch, go grab coffee, go relax. And then 201 to 300, come back in 
about three and a half, four hours. And that's more of a ballpark time. So they're not standing around in line for hours on end. They can go relax and, and chill and grab food and use the restroom. And when they come back at that time, it's more of like a ballpark. So they could stand there still for another 20, 30 minutes, but at least they're not standing there for four hours. Once we bring everyone into the holding area, I then give a quick little spiel rundown of what's going to happen. They get about a minute to pitch because that's what they get on the show. We're we're not timing them. So that's the good news. We run four to five interviews simultaneously. We do go by the numbers on their wristbands. We go in numerical order. We'll call up their numbers. They'll hand them their application. They'll set up anything that that they need to set up. We do not supply internet or power. So people should come prepared either having that or not having it. And then they give us their pitch. We ask probably four to five follow-up questions. And then that's it. They take off and they leave. And then if we're going to move forward with them, someone will contact them within about two to three weeks. But we only call with good news, not with bad. So in two to three weeks time after the open call, because we have to go through everything with the producers back in LA, if they haven't received a phone call in about three weeks, or we can just say a month at that point, then the producers have probably gone in a different direction. But I get asked all the time, can I go to another open call? Can I send an email if I, you know, if I, if something changes in the coming months and I encourage everyone to do that. You don't have to spend money and follow us around the country. You can just send us an email and say, Hey, I attended an open call in Vegas or Dallas or Miami. It's been a couple months. I just got a purchase order for X amount. And now I really need funding and we'll update the producers. If it's something that they're you know, interested in getting more info on, then then we'll follow up. And that actually happened with a, one of our entrepreneurs in, I think it was season nine. Uh, it was actually Tangle Pets who aired. She did a deal with Lori. She came to an open call. And then a couple months later, she actually got a purchase order, I think from a pet uh, store. I don't remember which one. And it was for a large amount and she really needed the sharks then. And then she had ended up working out. So, you know, we tell everyone, don't give up. Everything is about timing on Shark Tank. I've had we've had people apply two, three, four, five seasons in a row, and then eventually it works out. Um, but no one should ever stop doing business or do anything for Shark Tank. You should just continue to do business as though Shark Tank doesn't exist. And then if it works out, then great. Absolutely. So, what are some of the things that the judges are looking for at the casting calls? You know, energy goes a very long way. We have to sit through our a whole day of pitches. Um, and so if you're excited, it makes us pay attention probably even more and get also excited. We're looking for entrepreneurs who, again, know their numbers. They know they, It's really important to be able to tell us what you need an investment for. Um, and then also <laughs> the number one thing that I think everyone gets a little hung up on, especially on the show and, they, and people get drilled by the sharks is that the valuation. <laughs> So in the early casting process of coming to an open call, I encourage everyone, highly encourage everyone, only ask you what you need for an investment for the next step, not the next five. If you're coming in asking for, you know, $5 million for 2%, I would say you should scale that back. (laughs) This isn't the money tank, you know, don't ask all for all the money in the world. If you move forward in the casting process, We understand your numbers and needs are going to change. So we are totally flexible with people changing their valuations right up until they get in front of the sharks, actually. So I would tell everyone, only ask what you need for the next step, not the next two or three, knowing that, you know, as you move forward in the process, um, you know, you can change that. 
And then again, we're looking for things that are unique, different, something we haven't seen before. Um, and also to get a quick rundown of someone's, uh, someone's backstory. So really kind of pointing out to the casting team, Hey, I had to deplete my 401k and I moved in with my parents to, to fund this stuff like that. We'll, we'll be able to be like, Oh wow. Okay, cool. And we'll make note of that. It's a lot to pack in in a one-minute pitch, well, right? No, well, I say that. So the one-minute pitch is the one-minute pitch like you see on the show. And then we ask follow. We do ask follow-up questions like you see on the show. So if we ask you, you know, what are you looking for in terms of an investment, that's when they. That's not all part of the one minute. So we're probably with each person for anywhere from like five to ten minutes with the question and answers and everything like that. So last year, I know we were talking earlier, you had hundreds of pitches at CES. Hopefully we'll have even more than that this year now, getting the word out. What happens or do you remember if any of the pitches actually went through all the way to season 10 of filming this year? We definitely had some off the top of my head. I don't remember. I can tell, I do know that season nine, we had a great company called Benji Locke come in. He actually came to our CES open call and then months later did a deal with Kevin O'Leary when he came in and has had follow-ups on the show and has just an amazing story. And he's, he's really a great entrepreneur. So that went off the top of my head. I definitely remember from season nine. I know there were some from season 10. I just don't remember them off the top of my head. So let's say you make it through all of the multiple rounds of questioning and everything like that. And you get the opportunity to actually pitch in front of the sharks. What do the sharks look for in a pitch and how should someone prepare if they land the spot in front of the sharks? So the good news is that if you move forward in our process, it's not just, okay, cool, you're on the show, get your pitch together on your own and good luck. We, we, don't, we don't throw them to the sharks just willy-nilly. The entrepreneurs are going to do more work than they're probably prepared for for Shark Tank just because we do a lot of due diligence on our end. So... There, I can't, everyone asks me, how many rounds are there? And there's no set number of rounds. It's just, you keep going until maybe you get on and maybe you, maybe you don't for whatever reason. And those reasons are not known to us, but you know, we help you. We have teams of producers who help the entrepreneurs prepare, uh, in terms of, you know, quizzing them on Q and a and helping them with their pitch and helping them with any sort of, you know, displays or setups or video feedback or video playback or anything like that. And there's a lot of homework for the entrepreneurs. Like I remember uh, Jim and Sabin from Cousins Maine Lobster. I use this example a lot, but I walked into their dressing room before they went on to pitch and they were quizzing each other with little cards, little index cards. They had a, a stack of maybe like 150 or 200 just at like because they had watched the show so much that they just started writing questions down and doing like flashcard style of like okay you know answer this question so entrepreneurs know their company better than anyone else so really know your numbers i would say watch the show and do your homework what the sharks are looking for that's a great question the sharks know nothing about these companies or the entrepreneurs before they walk in the door we only say hey you know Mindy's coming down the hallway. We tell them their first name and that's it. So in real time, these pitches go much longer, obviously. And it's their money that they invest or don't. And it's hard to say what they're looking for because they're all looking for something different. And again, they don't know what's coming through our casting process until we're like opening the doors and filming already. But I I know that they're always looking for things that are different and unique or something that they can add value to. There's a lot of there's a lot of sharks who, you know, kind of go out sometimes because that's not their strong suit. They don't know much about, you know, a certain field. Even 11 seasons in, 
we're still surprising the sharks and they're still surprising us with, you know, what they're interested in or what they have experience with. We don't try to hinder ourselves or put any sort of like boundaries on what we present to the sharks just because that would be almost hindering to the sharks. So we just kind of throw things out at them and, and see what bites and what doesn't. So it varies from show to show. That's it. Throw them the bait and see what Exactly. Sticks, right? We'll see what bites. <laughs> That's it. So we've had over a dozen of our clients from the crowdfunding side actually be pitched or get onto the show and air. Can you talk a little bit about when an entrepreneur pitches on Shark Tank, what does a typical day look like for them and what can they expect? Yeah. So, I mean, they'll, they'll come to LA uh, and, you know, we, we fly them out there and everything. And then once they get out here, there, there is a rehearsal. And then, you know, I think there's usually a day or two in between. Sometimes there is, and it just depends because the schedule is all over the place and it's all based on, you know, our shooting schedule with the sharks. And then once they're up, then we just kind of walk them to the door and pat them on the back and say, okay, when they say the doors are going to open, that's when you walk in. And when we say begin, you begin and then you're on your own. So it's, it's a pretty straightforward thing. Once they get in there, the pitches run as long as they do. We don't interrupt. We don't say, okay, that, you know, time's up. We let it play out how it plays out. And then when they're done, they exit, they'll go home that night or the next day. And then obviously if they've made a deal or not, they'll go through due diligence with the sharks and their team. And either way, they're going to wait to see, you know, if their segment airs in the coming season. And it just depends because our schedule is usually, we film obviously typically twice a year uh, for the same season. And then the season, our seasons usually run from fall into spring on ABC. So how long does the process of pitching and negotiating typically take? It varies. Uh, the it, Every entrepreneur is in there doing their thing. So I would say on average, probably 45 minutes to an hour. But again, they, they vary all over the place. And we just, we just let it play out how it, how it does. So it could be shorter. It could be longer. We just, we just observe. <laughs> so what tips would you have for the entrepreneur who makes a deal with the sharks? I don't know. <laughs> At that point, if they've made a deal with a shark, uh, then cool. I would say the only, the, it's not a tip. It's just, I think what a lot of entrepreneurs don't realize is that once they make a deal with a shark, they're going to work harder probably than they ever have in their life up to that point. Um, I've heard that from a lot of entrepreneurs who have done deals with sharks. They've said, wow, I not that they expected to sit back and relax and like collect a check and go to a, you know, deserted Island and drink pina coladas really know that, you know, if you get what you want or potentially what you hope for from a shark, know that you're going to work hard, but hopefully it's, it pays off for you in the end. So what about for the entrepreneur who gets on the show, but doesn't make a deal? What's the next step for them? It's, it's really, you know, the, the thing about Shark Tank is that, you know, if the, if you come on and whether you make a deal or not, whether you air or not, you should continue to do business as though, you know, Shark Tank isn't around. If, if you make a deal and it goes through, then great. And if it doesn't, then all the, all the sharks will say, you know, keep hustling. And we've had entrepreneurs who haven't done a deal or haven't gotten a deal in the tank and they get investment from, from airing and from other investors it's a great platform. We do not encourage anyone to come on and, and use us for marketing purposes because we want people that actually come in and need an investment to get to the next step. That's what our show is about. But, you know, anything can happen. It's 
I'm we're not really involved with people once they film in terms of the casting side. The show does updates on on entrepreneurs, but from a casting perspective, in terms of the team that I'm involved with, you know, our job is done at that point. Once if and when they get on the show. Awesome. Well, Mindy, this is awesome. This is going to get us into our launch round where I'm going to rapid fire a handful of questions at you. Oh, God. (laughs) Okay. So what inspired you to work with entrepreneurs? I got tapped to work on this show and it is by far the best show I've ever worked on because I, it's a, it's a show that can stand behind the American dream and really help people's, you know, wishes and fulfill, it fulfills their dreams. And that to me is more fulfilling than working on any other type of show just because I've worked on other types of shows, but it's more of like game shows or stuff like that. And they're fun, but there's really something special about entrepreneurs and even 11 seasons in, they still continue to inspire us. And it's, it's really so special and great to be part of. If you could have any shark take you out to lunch, who would it be? All of them. All of them. All of them. <laughs> Who's your favorite guest shark? Oh, that's a good question. I would have to say, they're all great in their own way, but I really like Matt Higgins. Matt Higgins just came on. He did a deal recently with the Cupboard Pro kids, the 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 young family who had their uh, mother and father both pass away. I don't, I'm not sure if you saw that one, but it was a the most emotional pitch I've ever sat through. And Matt was part of that. And all five sharks went in on that deal. And it was just amazing to to see that. And he's a really great, really great guest shark. But Rohan's great. You know, they're all great in their own way. They, they all bring a really different energy. So I really like having guest sharks because it kind of spices things up. Absolutely. Yeah, that was a truly touching story, obviously, in product. And I was glad to see the way Mark actually uh, put that deal together for everyone. Yeah, it was great. Uh, who did you look up to growing up as a kid? My father. All right. Where do you see Shark Tank in five years? Hopefully still going and still finding great entrepreneurs, you know, and helping those American dreams go to the next level. All right. Last question, Mindy. What does the future of entrepreneurship look like? I think the future of entrepreneurship is going to explode. When I was younger and, you know, I'm 36, seeing all these young entrepreneurs who are so driven and know how to do this stuff kind of like when, when they're a teenager almost is really t- insane to me, but in, in a really amazing way, because I never thought like that. You know, I think there was a stigma for a while with entrepreneurship that it wasn't cool. It was kind of looked down upon and now it's become so trendy and it's all the rage. And I applaud everyone who is an entrepreneur who is hustling out there, giving up things because not everyone can do it. And I think that it's just going to become way more mainstream. I hope that a lot of people will give, you know, those hustlers out there the credit they deserve because I know that they're busting their butts to get things done. And I think it's cool. Like I think now entrepreneurship is cool. And I think the show has something to do with that. I think a lot of other factors come into play, but I think the future of it is that we're going to see a lot more of it and it's going to be celebrated in a really great way. Absolutely. Well, Mindy, this has been awesome. This is your opportunity to give my audience your pitch, tell people what you're all about, where people should go and why they should check you out. Awesome. Well, thank you everyone for listening. It's been super awesome to be part of this. So thank you for having me. If anyone has any questions about open calls or emails or the process or anything like that, the best way to uh, get information is to follow me on social media. So you can find me at Mindy Casting on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I'm happy to answer questions and I'm always the first to post about any open call or any updates. 
And then I bug the sharks to do the same. So again, Mindy casting on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Well, Mindy, this has been awesome. It's definitely my favorite episode of the year. Audience, thanks again for tuning in. Make sure to visit artofthekickstart.com for all the notes, the transcript, links to everything we talked about today. And of course, thank you to our crowdfunding podcast sponsors, The Gadget Flow and Backer Kit. And if you love this episode as much as I do, make sure to leave us a review on iTunes. Mindy, thank you so much for joining us today on Art of the Kickstart. Thank you for having me. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Art of the Kickstart, the show about building a business, world, and life with crowdfunding. If you've enjoyed today's episode, awesome. Make sure to visit artofthekickstart.com and tell us all about it. There you'll find additional information about past episodes, our Kickstarter guide to crushing it. And of course, if you love this episode a lot, leave us a review at artofthekickstart.com slash iTunes. It helps more inventors, entrepreneurs, and startups find this show and helps us get better guests to help you build a better business. If you need more hands-on crowdfunding strategy advice, please feel free to request a quote on inventuspartners.com. Thanks again for tuning in and we'll see you again next week.